You're listening to The Big Show with George Russick. Get to the flames, idiot. Yeah. Hockey, hockey. Puck, puck, puck. Words hurt sometimes. Yeah, well, I'm sorry. George is getting upset. Oh, Where man. has that little sexy minx been? <laughs> and Matty Rose. Ho, oh, friends. Welcome aboard. I've never used Pythagorean theorem. And I got some local nuts notes for you as well. You got some local what? I can do it in like three tugs. You sure about that? We don't do that here. <laughs> That's Toronto Radio. This is Sportsnet 960, The Fan. Oh, hi there. Getting spry this morning. Live from Doug Lacey's Basement Systems downtown studio, it's The Big Show, Russick and Rose. Sportsnet 960, The Fan, for your Thursday hockey news to talk about. That's fun. That's exciting. Austin Matthews re-ups with the Maple Leafs. Four-year deal. It's north of $13 million a season. Kind of cheaper than I thought. We got lost to discuss about that. And then, obviously, has no bearing on what Elias Lindholm's going to do with the Flames. But whatever. Uh, big deal um, for the Maple Leafs and Austin Matthews. Luke Fox, NHL writer, Sportsnet.ca. Perfect timing. Going to join us at 8 o'clock. Talk about that, mix in some William Nylander talk, and uh, we'll get his opinion on uh, what potentially does this mean for Elias Lindholm. I don't think much, but maybe, maybe something. Adam Stanley, golf analyst, uh, he's at the CP Canadian Women's Open at Shaughnessy. He'll join us at 8.30. And in about three minutes, Ross Tucker is going to join us because he's he's squeezing us in today. Love it. We'll talk to Ross Tucker. Uh, Maddie, good morning. Hi, hello. How are you? Super. Excellent. Um, uh, it's fun to have hockey news this morning. That's something you and I've talked about. What what is taking Austin Matthews so long to take to resign with the Leafs? And we got our answer yesterday. And he broke it himself. Yeah, put it on Twitter. Love to see that. I don't know. I never, I never really felt like it was like, oh my goodness, where is this? Like once we get into the summer, it's the summer, and everyone doesn't do anything. So I always felt like inevitably this was going to get sorted out. Kind of like I feel with Elias Lindholm, but alas. Here we are. Now they have to shift their focus to William Nylander, which, you know, we'll see. Um, Also a little uh, tidbit of uh, news that broke yesterday because I want to talk some hockey, hockey, hockey at 7 o'clock. Looks like uh, the Olympics or a best-on-best competition is going to happen. That would be very cool to see as soon as 2025, February 2025. That's... Pretty close, year and a half. Yeah, that'll work. Well, well, apparently, they want to go back to the Olympics. Yes. It's all part of going back to the Olympics, but they want yeah. to start with an international competition in 2025 and then yeah, start I don't care a World about Cup. That. Like, I okay. don't don't have a World Cup. If you're going back to the Olympics, just leave it at the Olympics. No, but they're, they don't want to do it every four years. They want to get the World Cup back, but they can't do it this year, so they're going to do it next year. Or 2025. Have it best on best every two years. Yeah, it's going to be every two years, essentially, but just so they can get something on the board before the Olympics, which are not going to be until 2026, they're going to do a World Cup of Hockey. So you should care because it is the start of international play. No, I unless I'm excited about that, but I just think it should only be at the Olympics. So we should only do international competition once every four years? We we did that for a while there, Maddie, and it was it was okay. No, but we've had it for. If you're going to bring it back, I want more. I want it more often than that. Like the thing yeah, is, in soccer, down. 
No, you don't water it down. How do you water it down? It means, the World mo- Cup it means of hockey? more at the Olympics. It doesn't matter if it means more. I don't care. The World Cup of Soccer and the European Cup mean different. The thing is, there's two different governing bodies you have to deal with this. You obviously have to deal with the IOC and getting whatever the hell they want correct for them to go to Milan in 2026. And then with this, it's just, well, this is easy. This is NHL and NHLPA stuff. They can they can do whatever the hell they want. They can use the NHL's name. I feel it's just different. The NHL wants theirs, and then, of course, the Olympics wants the best on best, of course, okay. back as well. You know what? we got to discuss this at 7 o'clock. Mm-hmm. We got lots of hockey to do at seven o'clock. I'll even put up a poll question. Let's do I don't it. I know how I'm going to word it. Can you still do polls? Did they take that yeah, away? I thought you no. needed to have a. When they took away Tweet Deck, did they take really? that away? Did they? Yeah, I thought I you needed to pay for the thing to use uh, to use the poll option. I'm not sure. Oh look, I, the text line. I hate work. it here now. On X, Twitter, whatever it is, I dislike it. Our text I'm line's mad. down too, isn't it? It is. Oh, okay. All more, right. The more you know. Oh, well. <laughs> okay, lots to discuss. Uh, but first, uh, we appreciate that he's taking the time out this morning to join us. NFL on uh, analyst, NFL on analyst, NFL on CBC analyst, Eagles analyst, and the Ross Tucker podcast, um, among a, a lot of other things he does on the Atlas Pizza and Sports Broadcast hotline. We say good morning to our man, Ross Tucker. Ross, good morning. How are you? I'm doing great, but what's the CBC? Do you say I'm a CBC analyst? Did I say CBC? Yeah, he said CBC. Well, well, the CBC, let me tell you about the CBC, um, Ross. It's uh, it's a national broadcaster that the government funds here in Canada. And I said CBC inadvertently instead of CBS. How much do they pay? It's pretty good. I'll do it. Mm, What do they uh, talk about? Canadian politics? Yeah, they pay pretty good. But it's a bit of a polarizing topic in this country. Wait, wait, because of the amount of money, like fun. Things are polarizing in Canada too. Oh, oh yeah, (laughs) oh yeah, for sure. I know it's just not you know beautiful mountain ranges and polite people, but uh, yeah, people get upset about stuff like that. That the government funds television. People get upset about that. Oh, oh, got it, got it, got it. Okay, it's like it's. It's like, well, you guys have PBS, right? But, like, the CBC is way bigger than PBS. It's like having, because Hockey Night Canada is on CBC. So it's like it's like if the if PBS had, like, you know, the National Football League on it. You'd be like, why does PBS have, how? Anyway. Stuff like that. Oh, that's interesting. Really interesting. Yeah. yeah. Um, people are going to get upset with me how I've really, like, dumbed it down what the CBC does mm. and what they do, but... That's essentially what it is. They have one of the four major sports on a publicly broadcast station. But at the same time, Rogers and Sportsnet owns the NHL rights and kind of gives it to the CBC, and it's a big convoluted thing, but we don't have to get into that. Um, what I do want to get into is uh, this Trey Lance situation. It's getting messy, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, I guess. I, I don't know. It's kind of felt like it's been like this for a little bit. It is pretty remarkable that – a year ago, he started the opener. I mean, think about that. Yeah. A year ago, the guy started the opener. He got hurt, and now he's third string. Now he's backing up Sam Darnold. I mean, that's why I always tell people, like, NFL comes at you fast, bro, real fast. <laughs> and now I think the real interesting thing is what they'll even be able to get for him. You know, I mean, he's in a position where his, Salary is guaranteed this year. 
guarantee next year it's like almost six million bucks next year. So I don't know how many people are ready to, based on what they've seen from him. Right. How many people are ready to sign up for, you know, guaranteeing a guy that money over the next couple of years? I I just don't know that that many are really that excited to do it based on what they've seen so far. So I don't know. Everybody's saying all these negative things about, you know, what the Niners did to him. I mean, he got a $34 million contract for four years. I'm, I'm ready, willing, and able for the Niners to do that to me tomorrow. Yeah. We forget about that, right? Uh, poor, uh, think about his feelings, but his bank account is just fine. Why trade him now? Why cut bait when they gave up all those assets to acquire him? Why not just try to keep him around and maybe develop him more? Like, what, what's the leash on that, Ross? Well, because I think it's a sunk cost at this point, right? Okay. I mean, I think you need to stop looking at what you gave up and do what's best for your team now. They've got a quarterback that is in his second year in Brock Purdy, who's now the starter. They clearly love him. He's going to be the guy moving forward. They've kind of made that determination that he's what they want. He's what they're looking for. And so it doesn't really matter what they invest in Trey Lance anymore. That, that didn't work out. It's unfortunate for them. Hmm. But they got to move forward with what's best for the team now. I, I will say this, it's remarkable to me that the Niners gave up everything they did for Trey Lance, and he's not good. And they're still one of the best teams in the NFL. Right. Can the Niners win the Super Bowl with Brock Purdy as their quarterback? Yeah, for sure. I mean, they had a chance last year, you know, and I don't think it'll be worse I mean, other than the health part of it. I don't think they'll be worse than they were last year. So I, I, I tend to think that the Niners will be right in the mix in the NFC. Um, they had a great chance to go to the Super Bowl, and then obviously they get there. Anything can happen. We'll see who they go against in the AFC. But, you know, I don't think he's as good as Jalen Hurts or Patrick Mahomes or Joe Burrow, but I'll be curious to see what he shows that he can do this year, number one. And then number two, you know, I think he's probably as every bit as good as Jimmy Garoppolo was. I mean, it might even be better. I don't know. Ross, what do you think is going to be the best fit for Jonathan Taylor? You know, I still think it's the Colts. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's a lot of talk about the Dolphins. I don't, you know, when they originally did this, I didn't think that the Colts actually wanted to trade Jonathan Taylor. Right, I thought they were just kind of, you know, trying to prove a point to him, which is that nobody wants to give him the money he wants, which, by the way, still might very well be the case, mm-hmm. that nobody wants to give him the money he wants. That might be where things stand still. Um, but he might be so done with the Colts that he's willing to go somewhere else without a new contract for a year, as long as maybe they agree not to franchise tag him. So... Gosh, I mean, there's a bunch of teams he could go to. Dolphins, you know, loaded teams, Eagles, where he could have a huge year. I, I, don't, I don't know. I'll be curious to see where he ends up going. I don't know that those teams want to pay him a lot of money, though. So I don't know that that – so, I mean, think about the logic, right? The Colts don't want to pay him a lot of money. But instead, they, they want some other team to give up the equivalent of a first-round pick and pay him a lot of money? Mm-hmm. And that doesn't make sense. <laughs> 
Yeah, that's exactly what the Colts are trying to avoid. <laughs> How much do you think this is weighing on the rest of the group? And I know that there isn't a lot of expectations this year for the Colts necessarily, but at the same time, you got to wonder, this is your star player who is very publicly in a, a bout with your front office and your ownership. Yeah, um, that that's a situation where you cut out for me for a second, so I just want to, can you repeat that real quick? Yeah, just wondering what it's like for the rest of the players around this situation, because Jonathan Taylor is obviously one of the superstars on the team, and this has become a very public situation as you're getting ready for the season. I know they don't have a lot of expectations, but nevertheless, I wonder what the impact would be. Well, it, it stinks, um, especially for the new coach and Shane Steichen, right? I mean... You know, the other players, it doesn't really affect them that much, to be honest with you. You know, you're so much of an independent contractor focused on your job that day, doing the best you can. You know, I'm sure they want Jonathan Taylor to be there, especially the old linemen. I'm sure they want to have a good season this year. And so that's sort of their hope. But what happens is, you just focus on your job because you know these are other things that you can't control. I think it really stinks for Shane Steichen. You know, the new head coach there thought, you know, one of the reasons why he went there probably was, hey, we got Jonathan Taylor, and now looks like they might not have him, and he's had to answer these questions all the time. It's just a bad situation for a new head coach to go into. Ross Tucker, NFL on CBS Analyst and the Ross Tucker Podcast, joining us here in the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar guest hotline, Big Show, Russick and Rose. Uh, Want to get your opinion on this uh, Tua situation. Tua goes out and uh, just talks about what ESPN's Ryan Clark said about him working out. How does Tua or any player ever win in a situation where they fire back at the media, Ross? Do they or can they? Um... No, I kind of think he did a little bit. I think he kind of did. I, I think because it's so out of character for him, I think that certainly Dolphins fans and Tua supporters kind of like that he kind of stood up for himself, right? I mean, he's he's taken so much black, so much criticism already throughout his career that I think that it kind of is a good sign. And I, I think that they're kind of fired up that he fired back. You know, because I, I didn't really care personally for what Ryan Clark said. I mean, I, I just, you know, I think when you start to talk about a guy's physique and pretty clearly Tua is built the way he, he wants to be built for this year, when you start acting like a guy's not working hard or not working out or not eating the things that he wants to eat, I think that's a, and you're kind of making fun of him, I, that's a little bit too far in my mind. And I think, um, you know, I think people probably like the Tua kind of stood up for himself. Can the Dolphins sneakily might be the best team in that division? Yeah, I mean, I, I was thinking there was a decent chance of that. I think losing Jalen Ramsey really hurts that. Really hurts mm-hmm. that. I mean, he's such a good player. You know, they really wanted to have those two corners, Davian Howard and and Ramsey, and to lose a guy like that, I think that's that's pretty tough. Um, you know, I mean, I think he's a difference in the game or two. And I think that's the difference between winning the division or not. Um, wanted to ask you, you played in the league. Um, 
Tyreek Hill said he doesn't watch film anymore. He doesn't have to. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, I just, I don't, I don't really know what to say about that. Um, <laughs> Do I, you I believe it? What I would say is, well, I believe he doesn't watch extra film, but <laughs> he has to be in the meetings. He has to watch what they're going over and what the coaches are saying in the meetings. I guess I believe that he doesn't watch extra film, to which I would say you'll never convince me that he wouldn't be able to be even more productive if he did. Like you'll you'll never convince me that preparation and knowing your opponent isn't a good thing. So I don't know. The funny funny situation to be to be bragging about your your work ethic or lack thereof. <laughs> Okay, but when you say more film, like just take us through Ross. Like, how much film do you watch in a week? Like, how does that work heading up to an opponent, and how much film would he be watching just to begin with? Um, well, that really varies from player to player. Um, I would say within the context of the meetings, probably specifically of the opponent and not of just himself and what he's doing at practice, probably a couple hours a week. And then I think a lot of players would probably double that, at least double that with sort of stuff on their own that they want to watch. Right. Like, so for me, I would watch every third down and long, every obvious passing situation, every blitz because more than anything else, we watched a lot of the base front stuff in in meetings, but I wanted to see what the best moves were from the guy we were going. To, I was going against, you know, like what does he do when he knows it's a pass? So that's the stuff I would I would uh, watch quite a bit. Ross, I'm fascinated to watch your Eagles this year because I think one of the biggest things on an offense that can help year to year is continuity. And this was a great offense last year. And one of the big changes is Dondre Swift in and, and Miles Sanders out. What are you expecting from this Eagles offense? Defense might be a little bit different, some different faces back there, but what are you expecting from the offense? Well, I think they're going to be very good. Uh, they only lost two starters. And it was the right guard, Isaac Sayamalo, and the running back, Miles Sanders. I think there's a decent chance that they're even better at running back this year. I think DeAndre Swift is is a more explosive player than Miles Sanders is, but hasn't been able to stay healthy as much. But they have Gainwell and Boston Scott and Rashad Penny. They have other guys there. I think running back's better. I think Cam Jurgens will end up being fine at right guard. I don't know that he'll be as good as Isaac Sayamalo mm-hmm. was last year. But, um, man, it looks like Devontae Smith taking another step. Hertz looks like he's even better. I just think they're going to be very, very good on offense. But defense is where it's going to be interesting. They, they have some horses up front, a lot of them. They've got good corners. But they're still kind of trying to figure out who their safeties and linebackers are. So it's a really interesting experiment sort of just in terms of how important those positions really are. Jalen Carter was one of the more talked about draft picks, ends up going ninth overall to the Eagles. A lot of people looked at that as sliding down the draft board for Carter. Uh, what have you heard about him around camp? Well, he's really impressive. 
Um, and I think everybody already knew that, right? I mean, he's really talented, really gifted. A lot of people thought he might have been the best player in the draft, but there were off-the-field concerns, and those were the reasons why he fell the way he did. So he's a guy that I, I wouldn't be surprised at all if he's productive this year as a rookie. The, the question really to me becomes, you know, does he become a second contract guy? You know, anytime there's an mm-hmm. off-the-field concern, I think you really have to wait and see uh, before you pass judgment on, on the, the teams that passed him up, right? I mean, he's going to be getting some, make some plays here in the rookie season. People are going to say, oh, they should have taken him. Well, they should have taken him. You really got to let that play out over a couple, uh, over a couple years before you make any definitive judgments. But, yes, I do think he'll help the Eagles this year quite a bit. Jets are really being talked about everywhere across the NFL, uh, whether it's Aaron Rodgers, whether I'm seeing Brees Hall highlights or Garrett Wilson catching passes. But do you have concern about their offensive line? For sure. Yeah, I mean, I think they do. I think everybody does. I think Aaron Rodgers does. Uh, you know, they've, they've tried, man. They, they've invested a bunch of resources there, but – for whatever reason, you know, injuries or otherwise, it really hasn't worked out. I mean, they're really counting on Dwayne Brown, who is up there in years, to to hold down the left tackle spot. And even some of the other guys that they've had in there haven't performed nearly as well as I think they were hoping. And that's probably going to be the thing that holds them back from going as far as I know that their fans want them to go. Ross, I wanted to ask you about uh, this Stefan Diggs situation. Obviously, Stephen A. Smith said what he said uh, on his show that he wants out. Stefan Diggs wants out, according to sources. We see them, Diggs and, and Allen, kind of sniping at each other in the last preseason game. Is this a non-story, or is there something to this Diggs uh, maybe unhappiness, in your opinion? Probably something to it in the sense that, you know, Guys that are malcontents, you know, guys that aren't happy, that that usually rears its ugly head again. I mean, he had a good quarterback in Cousins. They were going to playoff games and winning them in Minnesota. You know, he, he played an NFC Championship game. He got a contract in Minnesota. Had a lot of good things going for him in Minnesota. Now he got a lot of great things going for him in Buffalo, and yet seems like he's not happy again. So seems like he's one of those guys that's just not happy. I wanted to ask you about uh, joint practices. Um, we see sometimes guys getting fights. I know it's intense. Can you share a joint practice story that maybe got, or a joint practice that maybe got a little out of hand that you were a part of? Yeah, sure. I mean, I, I remember against Cleveland. Um, I threw a guy down to the ground and then I kind of speared him while he was okay. on the ground. Can't okay. say I would recommend that for the children out there on the way to school, but um, that's what I did. And so uh, what was ironic about that joint practice is that I, you know, I'd been pretty aggressive with a lot of their guys. Well, we had to play them that season. And it turns out they showed the guys the video of some of the things I did in the okay. scrimmage and those guys, uh, they had it out for me. So, um, 
early in the game. They were pushing me after plays. After the third play of the game, Gerard Warren, um, I don't know how he had it. I don't know what happened, but he spit in my face after oh the play. It was almost like he had a whole bunch of water in his face. Uh, it's, it's almost like he was saving up water because it was whatever. I, he had a lot of liquid that came out. So um, what ended up happening is, um, you know, there's a TV timeout before the second series. All that happened the first series. Yeah. They come out for the second series as a TV timeout, and I went up to um, the D-line during the TV timeout. So people don't see this, right? If you've never been to a game, the offense and defense are both out there on the field, but they're they're just kind of standing there waiting for action again. I walked over to the Browns and I said, um, hey, guys, you know, I'm tired of it now. It's over. I'm going to break one of your bleeping legs on the next play. And walked back to the huddle, came out for the next play after the TV timeout, and uh, they were all very much changing their tune, very apologetic. <laughs> Alvin McKinley was like, tuck, tuck, tuck. It's all, we're good now, man. We're good now. We're good now. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Because they knew I meant it. I was, I was not happy with the way they were pushing me after the play, and I was going to try to take out one of their legs. So um, mm-hmm. that ended that pretty quickly. Okay, but what was your reaction when you got spit in the face, Ross? Because I don't think there's anything more disrespectful than that. Um, startled. It was the end of the series, and he did it as he was running off to his sideline. Oh. So startled, like as if, like as in, like what the heck just happened? You know what I mean? Um, I didn't like. It took me a second to realize it, and then he went running over to his sideline, um, and my reaction was like, "Wow." Can't believe he did that, and then you know try to find a way regular, uh, you know, legally throughout the rest of the game to give it back to him. Uh, I mean, that's all you can do nowadays. Nowadays, guys would, you know, after the after the game, they would tell the media or whatever. That's not really my deal. Uh, mm-hmm. My deal is to try to. That's what's cool about football, right? You can kind of try to try as best you can to take matters in your own hands, right. Um, I love story time uh, with Ross Tucker, um, NFL on CBS analyst, Eagles analyst, and the Ross Tucker podcast. Any projects you're working on you want to tell us about? Always. There's a lot of people that get married in late August and September and October, which right. means a lot of guys driving to work right now need anniversary gifts or birthday gifts. Go to myfrontpagestory.com. By far the best anniversary gift I've ever heard of. It's all about you your wife, your significant other, your relationship. It's amazing. It looks like it's on the cover of the newspaper. Beautiful pictures. Like, I, I can pretty much guarantee she'll cry when she reads the quote from you talking about how your life wouldn't nearly be the same if it wasn't for her and everything. She, I mean, like, they cry every time. It's unbelievable. Myfrontpagestory.com. Um, Ross, my life, Maddie's life, and our listeners' lives wouldn't be the same if you didn't jump on this show. Thanks for this, pal. I think that's clear. Sounds like you guys need to get me a story from myfrontpagestory.com. I think so. I think I think we'll invest in that. Thanks, pal. We'll do this again soon. See you guys. There's Ross Tucker, NFL analyst on CBS, uh, Eagles analyst in the Ross Tucker podcast on the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar guest hotline. Smooth as silk. Oh, yeah. Ross Tucker. How much you buying the Eagles this year? Oh, no. Eagles are the best, I think, the best team in the NFC. 
I'm so excited to watch this offense cook. I think getting Dondre Swift is quite nice. Yeah. Quite. I and like AJ it a Brown lot. Such a stud. Like yeah, such dude, a stud. He's like he's not, but he's maybe the closest that we have to like when Megatron played. Just like a bigger receiver than you, a more athletic receiver than you, and probably more tenacious than you. Probably is. Yeah. Um, I just the Niners are really good too, so it feels like the Eagles and Niners and then everyone else mm-hmm. in that conference. Yeah. Yes. Patrick? They, is that how you feel? Yeah, no, yeah. Eagles and Niners, uh interesting to see how like I'm not worried about what Brock Purdy does. It it just seems like whatever Kyle Shanahan has a quarterback, he makes it work. Um, maybe not Trey Lance, but uh <laughs> definitely with what he's got with Brock Purdy, how he just found him out of nowhere and, and plopped him in and they don't miss a beat. That defense is so good. Uh, that Eagles offense, uh, it's it's going to be a it's, it's going to be like a track team, kind of like what we saw with Miami, but maybe a little bit uh, more continuity there with that receiving mm-hmm. core. You got the you got AJ Brown, or sorry, and then uh, and then Devontae Smith as well. Yeah, like who's who's well, the third best team in that conference? Well, it's a debate. We've, we've talked like, the Cowboys. I asked Charles. Right I asked Charles this week, and he mentioned Detroit. I asked uh, Jordan Dejani, and he mentioned Minnesota or Seattle. Uh, yeah. He gave Dallas some love. It's 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 really it's it's I don't know it's it's one of those three I think uh, maybe I don't know I, I figure it's got to be Minnesota Detroit Seattle or Dallas would be the next group and then you're like there's got to be someone out of the NFC South and then you're like oh gosh no there isn't there unless Bryce Young is like yeah good. man I'm the, I'm the real thing and I'm gonna take this Panthers team wherever I can take it but no mm-hmm. they're not they're not there yet mm-hmm. it is tough trying to find a, the yep. third team in this in this conference. Yeah, it just feels like the AFC because it was so Green stacked. Bay. It was it was always Green Bay, and they're in the top three with Aaron sure. Rodgers. Yeah, yeah. But now it's like, okay, what about Justin Fields taking a huge step forward? Yeah, I mean, that's a, there's a lot of talk around Justin yeah, Fields. But there's take, a lot of holes on that roster. There is. I don't still. know enough about their defense. They're still super young. Uh, they've yeah. got all. They keep. They're a team that keeps. They they sign a lot of free agents. Obviously, they had mm-hmm. the most cap space. Yeah. Uh, this heading into this offseason. so there's going to be a lot of new pieces. They're, the receivers will be better there. They had, they got the DJ Smith there in the trade from Carolina, yep. which will be huge yep. for for uh, Justin Fields as well. Chicago's a sneaky team. Mm-hmm. That NFC North is 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 a sneaky division. Yeah, it, it could be sneakily mediocre. Sneakily mediocre, but because Minnesota's not going to be thirteen and three and winning, going nine and zero in games decided by seven points or less. Like that's yeah. not going to be sustainable. Well, it never happened in the I history of the league. Exactly. I don't think Detroit is. Maybe high, like Detroit needs to be tempered. Obviously, we, we we always get bit by Detroit, but it's a good group. We'll see what Jared Goff can do, and then Green Bay, obviously, totally new group there with Jordan Love and and very young receivers as well. Uh, just don't look totally bad, I guess, for Jordan Love. I will never uh, bet against Dan Campbell. There's no turds here. <laughs> I can sit up here and give you coach I- speak all day long. I can- and they go right into it. They get thrown right into the fire. Oh yeah, and he has like. Uh, he has like a million milligrams of caffeine every day. Yeah, so. I think he's kind of a hybrid of a hybrid. <laughs> Whoa. What does that mean? Okay. <laughs> what is um, that? Oh, okay. He's a hybrid of a hybrid. Electric um, <laughs> Rose Report so wait, next. Does, does he run on gas then? <laughs> hybrid of a hybrid. What, is that? what do you mean? Like like it runs on pe- electricity and gas, and then it runs on electricity and gas? Yeah, and then Again? It, it uses the electricity p- to produce gas in the vehicle? How? I don't know how that works. Hmm. So, and not everybody's going to be perfect. 
Yeah. No if damn. there's guys that can, you know, get under the hood and talk about cars. Thank you. No, there's no way to sugarcoat that. For sure. You know, I'm an asshole. <laughs> hey, no. <laughs> that's, that's, that's a tough one at 630 in the morning, but whatever. Um, Rose Report next. And then uh, we'll have some hockey talk. Lots of hockey today. Hockey, hockey, hockey. Hawk, hawk, yeah. Hawk. <laughs> Pat's so excited for the hockey season. Woo! I'm excited for the football season. Yeah. That's what Pat's really excited Yeah, that's what I'm really excited about. Yeah. Let's do it. Um, all right. Rose Report next. Uh, Flames Matthews uh, best on best competition conversation at 7. Uh-huh. And I think we'll uh, we'll revisit the Ross Tucker conversation at 7.30 for our okay. listeners who missed it in that hour. Love it. And then uh, 8 o'clock, we'll talk to uh, Luke Fox Jukebox, best Twitter handle ever. Mm-hmm. And um, Adam Stanley from the CP Women's Open, where Brooke Henderson's wearing glasses for the first time in competition, where she can actually see. This is a big deal to me. <laughs> She's going to set the I course just... record. Probably. She's like, I should have did this like <laughs> three years ago. I should have been doing this my whole life. This is so dumb. What do you mean it's dumb? She's a professional golfer. It's, like I don't think that this is funny. like she'll get better. It's kind of oh funny that she's God. never she's blind as a bat and she can't freaking but see the golf no ball. Way but she's was... so good. It's so hilarious. I don't know why. It's this is Brooke Henderson and she's hilarious. I think it's funny. She's not okay. blind, you guys. I know. Okay, I know. nobody said that. I'm just saying, like <laughs> her 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 sister had always followed the ball for her and she couldn't see it you guys follow the ball for me i can't yeah. see it <laughs> yeah well, and you wear glasses and i wear which glasses is, yeah, well, yeah it's true yeah, your little worm burners are usually yeah. easy to find yeah they're pretty easy oh hey now <laughs> all know, right 10 minutes one time <laughs> we got uh we got stuff to do lots to do um it's the big show russick and rose george maddie patrick gvp sportsnet 960 the fan Live from Doug Lacey's Basement Systems downtown studio, it's the big show, Russick and Rose. Sportsnet 960, the fan. Top of the next hour, um, Austin Matthews resigns with the Maple Leafs. Does that mean anything for Elias Lindholm and the Flames? Meh. Meh. Also, um, looks like the league wants to get together on a best-on-best best conversation. It's about GD time. And uh, Luke Fox in the 8 o'clock hour as well on the William Nylander contract situation. But right now, a busy night in sports, sort of. Uh, we'll get to that with the Rose Report. And it's brought to you by MotorWorks. If you own a BMW, choose MotorWorks for service and repairs. They'll gladly match and then beat any competitor's price by 10% on 51st Avenue, 3rd Street, Southeast. Marty Rose. Matt Rose. Matt Rose. Adam Rose. Rose and Blue. Matty Rose. Yes, sir. Hello, friends. We had some moving and shaking yesterday. We have a new highest paid player in the NHL. The Jays and Orioles continued their series. The stamps are off in Toronto. Some NFL notes. Lots of stuff. So let's get after it. We'll start with the biggest hockey story in quite some time. Yesterday, the Leafs announced an extension for forward. Austin Matthews, four years, $13.25 million per. Show me the money! Yes, sir, $53 million over those four years. He's still got a year remaining at just over $11.6 million. Four straight 40-goal seasons, including 60 the year prior in the 25-year-old's first 100-point campaign, George. 
Uh, I think it's a good deal for the Leafs. Yeah, sure. It's actually I'm actually I'm actually surprised he didn't like break the fourteen or fifteen million dollar threshold. And I know it's about term, and it's only a four year deal. Apparently, uh, the Leafs wanted a five year deal, but Matthews Camp only wanted a three year deal, which is crazy. So they settled on four years, which is fine. But I think the uh, AAV is pretty good for the Leafs here. 13-2-5, he's now the highest uh, paid player in the National Hockey League next season. And again, you can talk about playoff failures all you want with the Maple Leafs. Goals are the hardest thing still to do in the league. And since 2016, who's got the most goals in the NHL? Austin Matthews, 299, Ovi, 297, McDavid, 287, Dreisaitl, 285, Pasternak, 276. I, I think it's a good deal for the Leafs here, Matty. That's what he wants to do, too. Austin Matthews has said, or his representation, or the, the the prevailing thought has always been, he sees himself sort of like an NBA player, where he only wants to sign short-term deals to maximize the amount of money he's going to make. I think this is a good deal for Tree and the Leafs. I like it because, like you mentioned, I do think the AAV is a little bit lower than what a lot of people thought it was going to be. But as a result, what that means is you can spend a little bit more money on the rest of your team. And for Austin Matthews, I kind of see this as him saying, hey, we got four years for us to try and bring a Stanley Cup to Toronto and become mega superstars for the rest of our lives in Toronto. And then after that, yeah, my contract's going to be up and maybe I'll try something else different because like an NBA player, playing in different cities is something that would hold a certain amount of allure. So that's kind of what I'm expecting is that next time this ends, probably going to the open market. And now it's going to be fascinating because the Flames don't necessarily have a player of this caliber, but it's going to be fascinating to watch how the Oilers handle everything with Leon Dreisaitl and Connor McDavid right. up the road, two players who are right in this caliber as well. I, 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 want, to, I want to get into that at 7 o'clock, and I also have some more Austin Matthews stats for you Oh, at the top of the next I'm hour. I'm a big too. numbers guy. Sign me up. Still. Put it really... Put it to really into perspective what he just signed yesterday. Okay, sounds good. Uh, still plenty to do for general manager Brad Treliving, primarily. He's got an interview coming out with the boys from 32 Thoughts today where he discussed his contract negotiations. Obviously, there's no other place I want to uh, play at, so my mind's only in Toronto. Is any part of you concerned that this won't work out? That's for a later day. In next uh, after the next season, so I'm not worried about that right now. Like this is where I want to be at, and I'm just focusing right now and getting ready to have the best year of, uh, of my career and helping the team to reach our goal that we all want to want to achieve. I know that we've talked about it a lot since Johnny Gaudreau left for Columbus and, and across the NHL. It's like you can't let these guys walk, but it really feels like next off season there might actually be some very good players available via free agency. Yeah. William Nylander might be one of them. Um, uh, we'll have Luke Fox on our uh, on the show at eight o'clock talking about this specific thing, and just I, I completely believe him. I don't even think he really cares that much. Like it really sounds, he doesn't care that much. He's like, yeah, it'll figure itself out. Yeah, and I like, does. Does that seem like a guy do. who's like on his way out, or potentially will get traded? Maybe I don't know. But the guy's so chill that I just. <laughs> How do you, I believe him. Like how do you he's get that a read just on type him? of guy. Yeah. Like, yeah, there was a lot out. to take out of that one yesterday. Yeah. 
<laughs> Rasmus Anderson. I feel gonna like Austin Matthews is like, I need to sign this contract. I can't go into training camp yeah. with these questions. I can't deal with this distraction. It'll be too much. William Miller's like, yeah, whatever. Whatever. They asked me, they asked me. It's fine. Whatever. whatever. I get cool tooks. It's fine. Yeah. Elsewhere, the oil. These cool tinted glasses I just got. Yeah. Look at that shade of blue. Yeah. Well, I'm wearing Yeezys, so whatever. Elsewhere, the Oilers signed defenseman Evan Bouchard to your contract worth $7.8 million. Bridge deal for the blue liner, eight goals, 40 points. It was actually a slight slip from his previous point totals in 21-22. It'll be interesting to see what he can do with Tyson Berry gone for the entire season. Another signing, the Rangers re-signed Alexi Lafreniere, two years, 2.325 per for the 21-year-old. That's a bridge deal. This one's been confirmed. Evan Bouchard has not been confirmed, just reported by Elliot Freeman, but I'll sure. take his word on it. Uh... Lafreniere finished last year with 16 goals and 39 points in 81 games. He was held off the score sheet in seven games of playoff action. Also, the Coyotes announced a three-year extension for their head coach, Andre Tournier, and 164 games for the Coyotes. He's 53-90-21, which isn't good. But the past season, the group had a 23-point improvement. So now the former Team Canada head coach has a sizable extension there. And this note as well, George, from the NHL and NHLPA. It's currently the European Player Media Tour right now on the tour Wednesday. NHL Deputy Commissioner Bill Daly said the NHL and the PA are working to create an international competition. It'll start in February 2025 with the intention of a regular rotation of Olympic participation and World Cup of Hockey in even years to follow. Format still TBD. Russia still has to be sorted out. The goal is 2025 international competition and then the 2026 Olympics, then a 2028 World Cup, then a 2030 Olympics, etc., etc., etc. Yeah, we'll dive into this um, coming up because I'm not a fan of a World Cup. That's a good one, I guess. Like, you... no, we'll talk about it. We'll talk about it straight. We got we got a lot to do coming up at seven o'clock. Two baseball. Blue Jays taking on the Orioles. Game th- two of their three games set. Kevin Gossman ended up facing Dean Kramer on the bump. Kramer, say it isn't so. Oh, it'd be so. <laughs> I'm out there, Jerry, and I'm loving every minute. Jack Flaherty's start was skipped due to injury. Lineup change for the Blue Jays saw Alejandro Kirk behind the plate, replacing Danny Jansen. For the Orioles, they got outfielder Anthony Santander back from back soreness. Did not miss a beat. Blue Jays. I've only put one runner in scoring position today and just have not had any offensive success and and making it a loop and a blast game instead of a one swing game. Huge deal. Santander slams another one way back and way gone. Two homer night for Anthony Santander. It's 3-0 Orioles. Ended up being a five-run eighth inning for the Orioles. Jays fall by a seven-to-nothing score. Kevin Gossman actually had a tidy line, six innings, five hits, two in runs, one walk, eight Ks. But the bats, no good. Nine strikeouts yep. to just five hits and no walks all day long. George, yeah, score that guy some runs. Uh, it's the ninth out of twenty-four starts where the team has scored two or less runs. Zero run support. When you look at Jay's uh, franchise history of guys with zero run support, uh, Woody Williams, 1997. Uh, Shout out the Wood Dog. Yeah. Uh, you don't meet too many Woodies either right now. Woodies and Garys. Uh, 3.19 in 1997. Um, good old, who doesn't remember this? Jerry Garvin from 77 the ira- in the inaugural season. How could I forget? 3.27. And uh, Gosman, mm-hmm. uh, 3.23. Get the man some runs here. Who was like the first guy he, again? He leads the Woody American Williams. League in strikeouts. Oh. No! No, no! 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 
Eighth time they've been shut out since June nineteenth. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's good. More right? than all of last season. Is that ideal? Three of them have come with Gosman on the mound. They'll look yeah. for the rubber match tonight. Five oh five first pitch. We are expecting Jose Barrios to face Kyle Gibson on the bump. You can listen to it right here on Sportsnet nine sixty or watch it on Sportsnet West. Elsewhere in the American League wildcard picture, how about the Mariners looking to extend their win streak? They led the White Sox into the ninth inning, but then the Sox tied it, sent the game to extras. Mariners got the bases loaded, but they could not plate a run, which brought us to the bottom of the 10th. France about 60 feet away, and the pitch is taken, and Tim gets caught in between second and third. The throw hits him, and he's going to score, and the White Sox win. Hello. Raleigh threw down to second as Tim had a huge secondary lead, and he took off for third, and I believe it was Crawford who made the throw, and he hit Tim in the back. Oh, yeah, I gotta love a chaotic end to a baseball game. Hello! And a win streak, in fact, as the Mariners' win streak comes to a screeching stalt. A stalt? Uh, that was a stop and a halt combined. Okay. Didn't mean to do that. Stupid. The Jays lose, so they remain uh, one game back of the Seattle Mariners. Oh. The Mariners in the third wild card spot. I got one more, um, mm-hmm. one more stat to throw your way here to smear it in your face. Okay, sure. Uh, Jays against this American League numbers are just eye popping. Jays uh, twelve and twenty four against their division. Three and nine against the O's. Three and seven against the Red Sox. Three and four against the Yankees. Three and four against the Rays. Everyone else. 58 and 33 total wagon. Woof. In the second wild card since Houston yesterday, they took on Boston. Extra innings for this one as well. We'll take you to the top. Sox batting. Here's the 2 2 pitch, and it is swung on and crushed. It is back. It is gone. Adam Duvall, a three run homer in extra innings. His third of the series, and it's seven. Four Red Sox. Houston played one more, but the Red Sox went seven to five. Houston loses. They are a game and a half up on Toronto. They're in wild card two. Boston three games back to the Jays. They will complete this series at noon today, and you can watch that game on Sportsnet One. A couple other Jays notes, George. Couple other things here. The Yankees won. They snapped their losing streak. Three home runs for Aaron Judge in this one, including a grand slam. They'll wrap their series at the Nationals at 11 a.m. You can watch it on Sportsnet West. Also, Angels superstar Shohei Otani has a UCL oh, tear. Won't pitch, it. won't pitch again in 2023. This typically, well, not typically, but it can lead to Tommy John surgery. He already had it back in 2018. The Angels are 10 and a half games out of a wild card spot. Uh, their general manager, uh, Perry Manassian, had this to say yesterday. Again, this is fairly new. It's been between games and got the imaging right before the game and had a quick discussion and then and talked to Nez and his representation and you know it's uh, obviously unfortunate um, you know but I think him playing in the second game says a lot about the guy right how much he likes playing and um, you know how much teammates mean to him this place means sure. to him and uh, says pretty pretty impressive you know what that sounds like to me? A guy who knows he should have traded him. Oh, yeah. There's a lot of regret there in that voice. What was I doing? Why did I listen to my stupid owner? It wasn't when he his... signs my check, but yeah. whatever. Yeah. 
would have been the last thing you did as GM of that team, wouldn't it? Disobeying your owner directly? Sure. I would assume so. Final week of the NFL preseason games uh, begin today. 5.30, Steelers-Falcons, 6 o'clock, Colts and Eagles. The Cowboys are dealing with issues on their defensive line after defensive end Sam Williams was arrested on drug and weapon charges Sunday. He was also speeding. This isn't the first time he's been arrested. Happened in December of 2022 as well. Jerry Jones had this to say when he was asked about uh, his defensive end and his legal troubles. Uh, and he is. Um, the, um, uh, what was he going, 66? Was he going 66 miles an hour? No, this year. So he's 34 miles an hour less than this year than he was last year. 98 66, so that's improvement. Yeah, right? Yeah. He's gone from 98 miles in a 50 to 66 in a 50, I think. He's improving. Yeah, that's that's tangible improvement. You can, he's not wrong. You can measure that. That's statistical well, improvement. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Come it's on. just like, uh, hey, uh, my shot. wife cheats on me now only once a month instead of four times a month. Yeah. Now I only, like, beat people up instead of murder them. This yeah. sh- sounds a little hollow. <laughs> that's like going 145 miles per hour. Yeah, it's a little kilometers speedy. an hour. It's like, not really yeah. necessary. What the hell? Yeah. You don't need to do it. CFL week gets underway. Alouettes visit the Blue Bombers at 6.30. Boys, make sure you're checking your starters for fantasy, please. Stampeders depth chart will come out later today. They travel to Toronto to face the Argos Friday night. Last time they played, about three weeks ago, the Stamps hit over 150 yards rushing, and they beat Toronto by a 20-7 score. We'd like to be strong in the running game. We'd like to control the line of scrimmage and get uh, manageable second downs. Um, we'll see how it goes. I'm sure they'll focus on trying to take away what we did, and uh, sometimes it's just a mindset of beating the guy across from him. Uh, hoping that uh, we show up, we're ready to play, and that uh, we can impose our will on another man. That's how you win a lot in this game. Going to be a 5.30 start tomorrow. Other games this week. Mentioned Montreal-Winnipeg. That's a 6.30 start this evening from Winnipeg. You also got the Ticats and Lions on Saturday. Sunday will be the Red Blacks and the Elks as Edmonton looks to break that home losing streak. From golf. No, you're not supposed to hit it into the water. But you hit it into the water. I know I hit it into the water. Well, why do they even have water if you're not supposed to hit it there? Because it's fun! We're having fun! It's Tour Championship this weekend. Top 30 players playing to determine the top dog on the tour. They're at East East Lake in Atlanta, Georgia. Corey Connors will start at two under, given how the staggered starts goes based on your FedEx Cup points. Uh, the top player is Scotty Scheffler. He will start the weekend at 10 under par. Nick Taylor, the other Canadian in the field, is one under to start, so he's a ways back. But lots of money on the line for the Tour Championship. How much are you going to be watching of this at East Lake over the weekend, George? I'll check it out, and I like the fact that they do this staggered start now because at least you know who wins the FedEx Cup, who wins the tournament. Yes, exactly. And the thing for me with the staggered start is it maybe takes away some of the allure early on because really there's got to be one guy that kind of goes out and shoots the lights out like you know like how how fired up are you to watch all the guys that start at one under and two under today that are kind of in that 20 yeah, to 30 they got a range. chance they have a chance sure but scotty like could go out, connors goes out and shoots a pair of 63s i'm sure he'll be right in the mix yeah but scotty could go even scotty could go three under and all of a sudden you're back five or six strokes Whoa. going into moving day Okay, but that's why he's played so well this entire season, and he's in the place where he is. No, I understand. I'm just saying right. it doesn't have the same allure with the staggered start, which is fine. I understand that you have to apply it, sure. given how the FedEx Cup standings work. 
It just, the Thursday and Friday doesn't have as much intrigue to me, per se. The ladies... Patrick, do you like this better or Stableford scoring? I'm fine with the staggered start because I think it's fine because of the FedEx Cup. You, you Five years ago, they made the format. Okay, well, the FedEx Cup, we're going to award the FedEx Cup trophy to the to the winner of the Tour Championship, and it gives the guy who played golf all well, all, good all year, the best chance to win home, bring home the FedEx Cup title. That's it goes. This is this is the playoffs. Y- y- the regular season matters in golf mm-hmm. because of how good Scotty Scheffler was. He gets the benefit of having that ten under start and having a two shot lead over Victor Hovland. Okay. And Victor Hovland shot way up because he had a great weekend Massive. last weekend. So Massive. there yeah. you go. Yeah. Uh, the ladies are out in Vancouver for the CP, CP Women's Open playing out in Shaughnessy. Uh, Adam Stanley is going to join us to talk about this one and, and Brooke Henderson's brand new glasses. You're happy exciting. Gilmore was filmed at uh, Lord Shaughnessy? You really? Learn, yep. learn, learn something new every day, GVP. Magnificent happy Gilmore was filmed in Vancouver. Oh, it was filmed, yeah, it was filmed in Vancouver. Lord Shaughnessy's the golf course. Also, how about this, guys? Uh, we haven't had a lot of... statue there with him? No. They should. A chub statue? <laughs> no, yes. him, like, doing no. the swing. Well, that, they could also up. have a chub statue. Yeah, they have, like, a gator yep. in one of the lakes. Yeah, <laughs> I love how they use Lord Shaughnessy for all of the different golf courses. Like, oh, we have gators. Oh, there's mountains. Oh, it's raining. <laughs> it's everything. <laughs> Um, locally, we haven't had a ton to discuss since the Surge lost the championship game. The Okotoks Dogs uh, won their seventh straight championship, and Cavalry only plays on the weekend. But guess what? The AJHL is back today. Woo! Their preseason starts with White Court taking on Grand Prairie up in GP. Jeez. Calgary Canucks have a handful of preseason games as well. They'll play Saturday and on Wednesday. And uh, one final thing before we leave, George. George, do you mind if I ask your age? Maybe a ballpark? I'm in my 40s. Okay, fair enough. What do you think the result would be if you watched an ex-NFL running back that was running, uh, that was younger than you? If you raced one? I would get absolutely waxed. What about your, like, physical well-being? How do you think you would come out in that sense? I I can still run. You don't think you'd blow anything out trying to race down a... No, hmm. I'd, I'd have to get a good stretch in. Well, uh, there was this on Kevin Hart's Instagram yesterday after uh, he tried to race a 34-year-old former NFL running back. Shouts out to Stephen Wiley. I'm going to go to put this story out there before you do. Me and Stephen got into a little debate. This debate was based off of who was faster. Those that know me know I'm pretty fast. Steven said, Kev, ain't no way you're going to beat me. Steven is an ex-NFL uh, running back, played for the New England Patriots. I said, Steve, you can bet it. He said, bet. I said, bet. We get out there. We go run the 40-yard dash. 40-yard dash. Guys, I blew all my <laughs> Tore my lower abdomen. I, oh. My doctors are torn. I don't even know what that is, but I tore them. Oh, no. I tore those two. I can't walk. <laughs> Sit my ass down. This is 44. I'm watching the video right now. Is oh <laughs> poor guy! Can you imagine tearing your abdomen in a forty-year-old ra- while running? <laughs> Not a leg muscle. My abductors. Mm-hmm. Everything in the abdomen got torn when he's running. Yes. Oh my god. Jesus. So you know, stretch like he says yep. at the end. Sit my ass down. <laughs> yep. This is forty-four. This is forty-four, yep. baby. Again. Just just somebody who's been around 
athletes and I think you guys can attest to this too. People who think that they can hang with like actual professional athletes they're, when they're just you have no idea it's different, like, how man. elite these people are. Like you have no clue. I Got I, I told this story before. I played in a, a charity hockey tournament. Uh, Brad Boys told me, just skate to the net with your stick down. I'll find you. I'm like, okay. I just had my head down, skate to the boop puck's right there. It's in the net. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> Thanks, Brad. <laughs> it was like pinpoints your little, the blade. Yep. Boom, boom. That's it. I'm just skating. Do, 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 do. Skating yep. towards the net with my stick on the ice. Puck's there. Yep. Like, thanks, Brad. Because that's how good they are. And I asked him on the bench, how hard are you trying? 1%, he said. I'm like, okay. <laughs> and you're the best player on the ice. Fans down. Wow. Anyway. Guys, I blew all my shit. Yep. <laughs> Tore my lower abdomen, uh, my abductors. Rough. <laughs> and good night and good luck to you, sir. Uh, terrific stuff. The Rose Report's brought to you by Motorworks. If you own a BMW, choose Motorworks for service and repairs. They'll gladly match and then beat any competitor's price by 10% on 51st Avenue, 3rd Street, Southeast. Straight ahead, Austin Matthews signs with the Maple Leafs. Does that have any impact on Elias Lindholm and his contract with the Flames. Uh, the NHL and the PA want to get together on a best-on-best best conversation. Uh, lots to do straight ahead. It's the big show. Russick and Rose, Sportsnet 960, The Fan.